We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. You know the message today. We're going to use this song, School's Out for Summer. Uh, we're going to help you today. And look at your neighbor and say, today is going to be real good for you. Tell them, because there's some stuff that's been going on in your life that we need to get fixed. T -t -t tell them, tell them, tell them, God's got good news for you today. The school's back in session. Hallelujah. Good morning, Harvest. Good. We welcome everybody at every campus this morning. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. Everybody standing with me. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Remain standing, if you would, for a moment. Go to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. I know that's going to take you a little extra time to find. That's not a very familiar passage of Scripture. Haggai chapter 1. And we're going to look at about nine verses. About nine verses. I'm so excited about today's message uh, because so often uh, we are looking for God to do uh, great and exciting things in our lives and sometimes we have to uh, consider that if something hasn't taken place is it something different we can do Amen. and so we're going to look at this today that of course was the song uh, schools out for summer we'll talk about it a little bit more that wasn't the original version that was the American Idol version because they don't have a video for that song so that's <laughs> I got chapter one verse two you got it let me still flip and say hold on bishop Okay, I'll wait on you because I know Haggai. I know. I already know. I already know. So I'm going to give you some time. I already understand. That's like trying to find Nahum or <laughs> we don't go there often. Haggai chapter 1. Let's look at verse 2. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts is a phrase that means the Lord who does battle for you. Say, God is fighting for me. So, so I want to say this to you as we start. If God is fighting for you, make sure you're not fighting against him. Thus says the God that fights for you, saying, listen, this people says the time has not come. <laughs> the time that the Lord's house should be built. Okay. Uh, verse 3, then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses and yet this temple to lie in ruins? Let me, let me translate. He says, why is your house got it together, but you ain't taking care of the business of the church house? Yeah, I, I figured it wasn't going to be a lot of shouting right there. That's cool. I brought my own shouting section with me this morning. Verse 5, now therefore, thus says the Lord who fights for you, consider how you're acting. Now touch your neighbor and say, God's got something great for you. 
okay, you just need to understand where we're going with this. He said, consider your ways. Look at that. Look at that. He said, consider your ways. Look, look at, I said, look at your neighbor and tell them, consider your ways. Now, we're going to bust that thing up today. Verse 6, look at this, because this is where some of you feel. Watch this. You have sown much, but you ain't harvesting much. But you bring in little. He says, you eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled. You clothe, but you're not warm. You, you work your job, but you put that money into a bag with holes in it. Has anybody, can we just be honest, ever felt like these, this verse right here? Okay, all right, that's fine. That's good. That's good. Let's lock them doors. Ain't nobody getting out. I'm I'm verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts. Notice, he doesn't say rebuke the devil here. He doesn't say blame your mama. He doesn't say blame your daddy. He doesn't say blame your spouse. He doesn't say blame your upbringing. He says, look at how you acted. Consider your ways. God, I, I, somebody's going to get this today. Look at verse 8. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Look, look at verse 9. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. Look at this. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. It's God talking. And, and, then, and then God asks a question at the end of his statement. Why? <laughs> says the Lord who fights for you. Look at what he says. He says, because you left my house in ruins. Because everything else was more important than serving God. Because you getting your boo was more important than you serving your God. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me, so I'm just going to preach it like I want to preach it. So you doing your own thing was more important than putting God first. You, you running after this job and running after that was more important. So God says, I'll tell you what. Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Look at verse 10. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew. And the earth withholds its fruit. Look at verse 11. Now, this, this is where God drops the bomb on us. Look at this. He says, I called a drought. Okay. This is the devil is just fighting me. Is it him? I called a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain, and on the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be one of them Sundays, huh? In essence, God was saying, listen. God says, listen. God says, listen. He says, listen. He's, he was telling his people, he said, listen. Y'all are trying to figure out why you keep dealing with the same issue. He, he said, and, and, and you didn't get hands laid on you, and you got prayed, you went in the prayer line, you done all that, and that's good. And you sow, and that's good. And you, but God says, what I need you to do, go back up to verse 6. He says, but what I need you to do is I need you to consider your ways. Yeah. The verse prior, excuse me. Say, say Lord, Lord, help me, help me to, consider to consider my ways. My ways. I, can't I can't live like school's out for summer. I got to live right now. I believe great things are planned for my life. And today, on this day, I make a decision as I'm in the second half of this year that I'm finally going to get out of my own way. Speak to me. Taylor, make this message. As if it was just for me. As if nobody else was in this place. I've got too much life to live than to keep repeating the same cycles. This day, I get out of my own way. School's in session. Uh, high five two or three people and just take your seats and say, this is going to be good for you. This is going to be good for you. 
Uh, I can see I'm going to have to start this one a little bit uh, gingerly. Uh, in our summer concert series, you understand we're taking some popular and well-known songs in our culture and extracting spiritual principles from them so that we can improve our lives. Now, as I said, this was not the original version, but the American Idol version of uh, this song that was uh, done by the original performer, Alice Cooper. Uh, it is the 1972 title uh, track single released on Alice Cooper's fifth album, Cooper. Uh, had said he was inspired to write this song when someone asked him the question, what, uh, what's the greatest three minutes of your life? And his response was this. He said, and I quote, there's two times during the year. One is Christmas morning when you're getting ready to open the presents. He said, the greed factor is right there. Then he says, the next one is the last three minutes of the last day of school when you're sitting there and it's like a slow fuse burning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You said, God, I wish that clock would turn. God. Some of y'all, it ain't school. Some of y'all, it's getting off your job. You can't wait until that clock. You ain't even gave them a full eight, and you sit. You in the bathroom half the day, so you. I said, this is Alice Cooper speaking. I said, if we can catch that three minutes in a song, it's going to be so big. And the song was big. The song reached number seven on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number five in Germany, number three in Canada, and number one in the U.K. And you might be saying, Bishop, well, isn't that great? Uh, it's interesting. The issue with the song is that the, it highlights the subconscious mindset of many people. Now, I'm talking to your neighbor, not you, because you're very spiritual and you're very erudite and you're very intellectual. So we're speaking to that navel of yours. Uh, the song, listen to me, is lauding not just the end of the school year, but the end of school period. Uh, uh, they, they, in fact, the song says that, that the school gets blown up into pieces. In essence, in the song he was saying, I never ever want to go back to school again. And hence why so many people act so stupid. Now, hence why so many people act so silly, because there is this thought that once I'm out of school, nobody gets to tell me what to do anymore because I'm grown and I'm not in school and I can do what I want to do. So school's not out just for summer. School is out for life. Oh. Embedded in the song is a disdain for the teacher as if the teacher was the enemy. The song says, no more dirty looks from the teacher. Now, listen, let's be honest. Certainly there are some teachers that probably don't like all their students. There are some pastors that don't like all of their members. Come on, somebody. But please understand this. There, there, there are some mothers that really, truth be told, you ain't supposed to have favorites. But at the end of the day, uh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. There, there is this embedded disdain as if the teacher is the enemy. And that uh, is, uh, Harvest, hear me, that is the issue with our culture today is that we see leadership as being an enemy. We see anybody who's trying to provide direction as being an enemy. It's real quiet right through here. But the issue is, is that's totally antithetical to Christianity. The entire concept of Christianity is that you're supposed to be a disciple. A disciple means a disciplined student. So if you got an issue with school, then you got an issue with Jesus. Because he's not here to be your friend. He's here to be more than your friend. He's here to be your teacher. He's here to be your guide. He's here to... Are you still here? So the song says, I'm, 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 I'm getting us there. The song says, the song says, no more dirty looks from the teacher. And the issue is, is that the heart of the song promotes what seems to be very popular today. Two things. Rebellion and a lack of honor. <laughs> Rebellion and a lack of honor. So really, 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 really what the song is saying is, is not that just is school out for the summer, but the song is really saying, you're out of order. <laughs> That's what David said. It's going to be good for you. Look at that other one say it's going to be real good for you. Look at it because that, that's the, what I'm trying to get today. I just, if we could get them. Now, listen to me. This is a very passionate subject for me, uh, order and honor. Those are very passionate things for me because of a pastor, as a pastor, I've seen, literally, I've seen people pour lighter fluid on themselves. I said this last week and light a match and set themselves on fire and think that they would not burn. And the issue is, is that this is how many people live. They live like school is out. 
and they despise anything that resembles order. And, and it's interesting because the text tells God's people, he says, y'all doing a lot of praying, y'all doing a lot of nice stuff. He said, but have you ever taken time to consider how you're acting? Isn't it a shame that sometimes, if you really are honest, that sometimes the, the people you can count on aren't the Christians in your life, but they're the non-Christians? Isn't it a shame that sometimes when a Christian tells you something, you got to sit up wondering whether or not you've been told the truth? Oh, it got real quiet right here. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Preach, Bishop. I sure am. It's going to be like that, but then I... Y'all are the shouting section. These first two rows over here. So if they ain't doing nothing, y'all shout. Whoops, look at the... Thank you, sir. Now, 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 now say, say, Lord, I don't want to be out of order. Now, 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 check this out. There's three things I want you to understand about rebellion and a lack of honor. The first thing is rebellion is expensive. Now, now I'm going to make this clear because, listen to me, we all fall short. We all make mistakes. We all sin. The, the, the issue is that some folks sin, you can just see it. And some folks sin, they got good at hiding it. Look at your neighbor and say, but you sin too. I don't, don't sit up in there thinking you ain't never done nothing wrong. Don't sit You're not fooling nobody, baby. You, you came to the wrong place if you're trying to fool somebody today. Everybody in here and said something they ain't said, thought something that we ought not have thought, done something we ought not have done. We all sin and fall short of the glory. So I'm not talking about, hear me, I am not talking about perfection. What we're talking about is rebellion. Now, God has never asked for us to be perfect. Now, now listen to me. Say rebellion. Now, I want to explain this to you because often we don't understand what rebellion is because we live in a culture that says it's your thing. Do what you want to do. And everybody been doing that. And that's why everybody's lives are jacked up. All right. What's what, this? Rebellion means opposition to one in authority or the established order. So rebellion then has two components. It, it deals with your vertical relationships. Those are people that have authority over you. And then it also deals with established order. Bishop, what's that? That's the word of God. Are you here? Now, you say, Bishop, what is rebellion? Because if everybody makes mistakes, then, then, then isn't everybody always in rebellion? Listen to me. Rebellion refuses to admit when it's wrong. And rebellion refuses to repent. Now, let's define repent. Repent, we like to use that word in church. It's a very, really nice word. But a lot of times what people will do is they apologize, they don't repent. Repent literally means to change directions. It literally means to change your mind. So if I'm saying, God, I repent for something, I'm literally saying, God, I changed my mind about the fact that that's right. I changed my mind about the fact that that's appropriate. And it doesn't mean that I will always get it right from that point. It just means that I've changed my mind that it's acceptable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this. God does not require perfection from you. Isn't that good news? I mean, isn't that like the best news you could ever get, that, that God does not require perfection from you? Here's what he does require, though, faithfulness. Say faithfulness. Now, but rebellion, because I need to say this, because there's a lot of misinformation in the body of Christ today. Rebellion won't make him not love you. You can act as crazy as you want to. And God's going to love you. Do you understand that? Uh, okay. You can do whatever you want to do. And he's still going to love you. But, but, but hear me. But hear me. But it will cost you. Because we get in this thing of, well, God loves me just the way that I am. Here's what you need to understand. Yes. And because he loves you just the way that he are, just the way that you are, he cannot allow you to remain the way that you are. Someone that is overly comfortable with your mediocrity is someone that will be an enemy to your greatness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you sitting here, I just, I just need people that can accept me for me. You know, that's real cute, but how's that working out? Average is reproducing average, which is reproducing average, which is reproducing average. And you're sitting up here saying, God, I want you to do something great. God, I want you to use my life. God, I want to see better things. Well, if you want better things, you're going to have to be challenged to be better. Oh, God, it's real quiet in here. Yes, people can love you just as you are, but people that love you then will want to see you do better. You want to know the kind of parent that hates their child or one that lets them do whatever they want to do? 
Because when they let you do whatever they want to do, then what, what they're really saying is, is, is that it is, it is of no consequence to me, uh, uh, your future, it's of no consequence to me, your success. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now look at this. Proverbs 15, 29. Don't flip there. They'll put it up for you. Proverbs 15, 29, because we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. It says this. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Proverbs 15, 29. They're going to put it up for you. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Now, now look at me. The word wicked there in the Hebrew is the word rasha, R-A-S-H-A. It means rebellious against God and human leaders. So here's what it says. The Lord is far from those who are rebellious against God and human leaders. I, I know Denver wasn't going to be ready for this. That's cool. That's what y'all, it's so what y'all need. The Lord is far from those who are against him and are against human leaders. But he hears the prayers of the righteous. Now, 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 now understand this. Understand this. This is why there's such a rebellious attitude in our culture today. Because the enemy knows, look at that verse, that rebellion is going to interfere with prayer. Do you see the verse? But he hears the prayers of the righteous. So what is implied? That he doesn't hear the prayers of everybody before the comma. Are y'all still here? Now, which might explain why you said, I've been praying for this for 10 years. Can I submit to you? It don't take God that long. So maybe what we need to do instead of blaming God, and we've all been there where we've wanted to blame him, maybe what we just need to do for just a moment is do what Haggai said and consider our ways. I know you want that spouse to change. I get that. But have you considered how you're... I know you want your children to change, but have you at all considered that maybe that's a result of your parenting? Okay. This is one of the messages you say for convocation or something like that. Watch this. Watch this. So let me give you a very pragmatic example. When your supervisor says, we're doing this this way, and you fight them. Now, I'm not talking about expressing opinion and value if they've asked for it. Because you have to consider why God didn't make you the leader if he wanted your, your... you have to consider that. Listen to me. We're doing it this way. And you fight them. And then here's what you do. Then you go complain to other people. And then you have to do what they asked you to do in the first place. Could it be that by the time your prayer hits heaven, heaven says, we are unable to process your request at this time. <laughs> Say, Lord, help me consider my ways. Look at this, look at this. Rebellion, I told you it's expensive. Isaiah 63.10, Isaiah 63.10, it says this. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. When you're operating in rebellion, and remember what rebellion is. Rebellion is opposition to what? God and human leaders, okay? When you're operating in rebellion, understand this, that the Bible says that then God then becomes your enemy. Maybe the reason you're so tired is because you've been trying to fight a fight with divinity. Look at what it says. He says, so he, look at this. So he turned himself against them as an enemy, and he fought against them. You got to be crazy. If you think you're going to fight the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But can we be honest for a moment? Haven't we all tried to do that at some point in our life? And aren't you glad that he had goodness and mercy that you, you were fighting him and didn't even know what you were doing? This message today, this is God's goodness and mercy towards somebody today. Because you've been fighting him and God says, would you please step out of the ring? There used to be a game. There used to be a game. Uh, somebody, there used to be a game. I think it was on the Sega Genesis. It was Buster Douglas fighting. Y'all know him about that. And, and it had a little move. It had a little move where you hit the, you know, on the Sega, you had the A, B, C, right? And so you hit all three, and then Buster Douglas would, like, turn. Like, his, like his whole body would, like, shh. I mean, it's like a P90X move. It's like, shh. And it was a knockout punch. Please understand, if you're fighting God, it, it listen. He ain't going to have to do all that. Soon he let that little thing up to step in the ring. That, that's over. Say, Lord, help me consider my ways. 
Okay, so, so when, you, when you're operating in rebellion, it's expensive. You, you literally make yourself God's enemy. And you literally begin to fight against God. Got it? That, that's why somebody's saying, I don't know why nothing is working. Could it be it's because you're fighting against him? For no, nothing worked? I mean, nothing. I'm just asking questions. That's all we're doing today is just asking. Touch your neighbor say, Bishop, just asking questions. Don't, don't be looking at me with that tone of face. I'm just asking questions. Here's the second thing about rebellion. Rebellion can be traced. Now, we're going to walk through lots of scriptures right here. And when you find yourself in this, here's the awesome thing about Harvest, y'all. And here's the awesome thing about the word. Is that none of this is designed to judge you. None of this is designed to beat you up. None of this is designed to beat you down. Quite the opposite. I even wrestled with God. I said, God, you know, I, you know, I said, Lord, I've talked about order a lot. And I said, you know, and it seems the more I talk to certain people about order, the more disorderly they become. And so I just said, God, just, you know, let me just preach something else. Let me just shout to folk real good or something. He said, no. He said, because you're not an entertainer, son. They got 1,800 other churches entertaining he said, I need you to pastor them. He said, because I'm looking for people that can raise up and that I can lift up that will truly manifest the kingdom, heaven's attributes on earth. I'm looking for some mature Christians. I'm looking for some people that can. So, so, so we're going to look. So we go, I just need to know am I in the right place, though. That's all I need to know. I know I am. I got the mic. So, so we're going to look at a lot of scriptures. Rebellion can be traced. Here it is. Number one, Bishop, how do I know if I might be walking in rebellion? Now, when, when I come to you, we used to do this thing on, on, on New Year's Eve. When I come to you, listen, you don't have to be ashamed because we're going to find all of ourselves in here. I just want you to stand up. I just want you to repent. I just want you to turn around one time and then have your seat. Bishop, why do I need to do that? Because what you're going to do, it's called the law of linkage. You're going to link that action you took to that sentence or phrase that was given which is going to make you remember it so this week when you're confronted with going down that path of rebellion again the law of linkage is going to kick in and you're going to remember yourself standing up and turning around a little psychology for you that's free that's totally free all right here's the first thing how, how do you know bishop how can i trace rebellion in my life if you have nothing to show Haggai one <laughs> verse five and six Oh, okay. See, look. Okay, I can see it's going to be. Thank you for yawning. I, I, I can see well. Okay, all right. Haggai chapter 1, verse 5. Here it is. We already looked at it. Now, therefore, uh, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Uh, verse 6. Verse 6. You have sown much, but you bring in little. Do you really have a significant harvest to, sow for the, to show for the seed you've sown? Do you? I'm just asking questions. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. Somebody said, no, Bishop, I eat and drink just well. Oh, my God. He's not literally. Oh, my God. He means you're never satisfied with anything. God, if I just get this, I'll be happy. You get that? You don't want that no more. God, if I just get this, I'll be happy. I didn't get that. You don't do right by that. God, if I just get this car, ooh, I'll serve you all my life. You came to church for two weeks, and then we didn't see you no more. Because you're never satisfied with anything. You clothe yourselves, but you're not warm. He said, you do a lot of stuff to try to feel comfortable, yet you still don't feel comfortable. He says, and then you go to work. And you work. And then you take that money you earn from working. And then you put it into a bag. But the bag has holes. And you're trying to figure out, where did my money go? And you're sitting there trying to calculate it. And what's crazy is your calculations don't even calculate properly. You're sitting there, got the tape running, all this kind of stuff, but none of it adds up. Second way you can trace rebellion. Second way you can trace rebellion. You quit right, but you're faithful to wrong. Psalm 78.8, Psalm 78.8, you quit right, but you're faithful to wrong. I've seen so many people do this. Look, look at this. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart. Heart in Hebrew means mind. Left, did not set its mind aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Listen, if, if you're a person who finds yourself, what's this? You, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying, it's amazing to me how many times people will be faithful to people who are absolutely their enemy. 
but people who are for them, they treat like garbage. I think I got a few parents in here that said, how are you treating your friend like that, but you're treating me like this, and that friend's going to be gone, but I'm still going to be here trying to clean up the mess that you made. I, I, I think there's a few people that got some friends in your life that you understand what this is about. They'll quit right to go to Rome. They'll quit serving God to go get in a relationship. I see this one happen all the time. When, when single folks start acting crazy in church, I know what that is. I already know what that is. When they stop coming to church, I already know what that is. I'm like, oh, okay, I already know what that is. Uh, give it six months because I don't last that long. Give it six months. I know what's going on with that. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm not beating you down. I'm your pastor, and I love you. And because I love you, I got a, a school's in session. Bring school's in session. You've been living like it's been out for too long. I've seen people quit right to go to wrong. I'm just saying that that might be, might be an issue there. Third thing, your decisions are always based on your feelings. Isaiah 65, 2. And here's the problem. Well, Bishop, why did God give me feelings if, if I'm not supposed to feel? L listen to me. Your feelings are there to serve you. Do you understand that? They're, they're there to serve you. They are not there for you to serve them. Here's the problem with feelings. Yesterday evening, it, look, can I tell y'all something? Oh, well, fine then. I ain't tell you nothing then. <laughs> y'all so acting strange. I must be in your Kool-Aid. What's the flavor? Yeah. For those of you that didn't get the joke, red is not a flavor, it's a color, so that's the joke. <laughs> now, now, look at this. Yesterday, yesterday, I did not know. I left my house, and I had to run an errand, and I left my home, and, and, and I was driving around, and I did not know what I wanted to eat. But I knew I needed to eat because I hadn't eaten all day. And so I, I was driving to one place and said, I'm going to go down here. And I said, I'm going to eat down here. And, and they had a lot of stuff going on down there, so I can go eat down there. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go back over here and eat. And did you understand? I spent an hour and a half driving in circles. <laughs> because watch this. When I left my home, I had no conviction about what I wanted to eat. Oh, Bishop, you're going to help somebody. So I wasted time and I wasted gas. That's how some of you feel. You wasted energy and you wasted time because you didn't know what you were supposed to be doing before you left the house in the first place. I drove around for an hour and a half to only go to some place to where I ate the meal and said, this is the most disgusting meal, but I am not getting back in that car and driving around. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I am not going to go drive around anymore, which is what some of you do because you wasted so much time, then you'll get with anything and then you'll do anything because you don't want to waste any more time. But what you don't understand is you're wasting time because what you sat down to eat is nasty. And that's how some people do in relationships. You just say, well, I guess I better hurry up and do something. You fool. You're going to. Put the verse up. Put the verse up. Come on now. Put the verse. There we go. I stretched out my hands all day long. to God says, I've been trying to help you. <laughs> God says, won't you come? In the traditional Baptist church, when they do the altar calls, the elders and the deacons, they come and start. And they say, won't you come? Is there one? Won't you come? Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? Won't you come? The doors of the church are open. And then they go, let the church say amen. Come on, y'all know it. Let the church say amen. What did he do? God is spoken. All right, here it is. <laughs> Who walk in a way that is not good according to their own feelings, own thoughts. Okay? If you do that, you're going to make bad decisions. Here's the point I was making with the story. I wasted time. I wasted gas, which means I wasted money. I did all that. And you know what was crazy? And so that was lunch. You missed it. So dinner time's coming. As I said, I just don't know what I want to eat. I just really didn't. You know, I just really didn't. You know, your appetite changes when you stop eating fast food. So my appetite's changed. I just, I don't be knowing what I want to eat, you know. And I'm not in the cooking season. I'm not in that season. 
I gotta be in a season for that, and this ain't that season. I'm just not there right now. I have no desire to do it. Matter of fact, I got a sign in my kitchen that says, keep the kitchen clean, eat out. So every time I walk in there, just say, go eat. <laughs> Don't even t t turn that off, turn that, turn that off. <laughs> like Teddy P, turn it off. Don't turn it on. Listen, so then dinner time came, and then I said, well, you know, maybe I just need some water. And I said, but no, I need to eat because I need to eat this and all this. Don't, don't y'all be looking at me like that. Some of y'all only be eating once a day, too. And so I did all that. And, and, and then dinner time comes. And then I'm like, okay, I don't think I want this. I don't think I want this. I don't, think, I don't know. 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 And I sat there for like 45 minutes saying, God, what am I going to eat? Because, see, when you eat out so much, everything just is just, it's all just. Here's the point I'm making. I wasted all that time. And here's the deal. My emotion about what I wanted changed it. Changed. At first, you know what I said? I said, I'm going to have some raisin bran. The new kind with the flaxseed on it. And so I made a little corner of a bowl. Little corner of a bowl. Little corner of a bowl. Don't y'all judge me. I only did that with food. Y'all do that with your life. I'm just... <laughs> I'm messing. I'll just give you a hard time. Well, you know. And so I made a little corner of a bowl, right? I, I said, just, I'm going to have this, this three spoonfuls. Now, I got them big Ikea spoons. So it's going to be some big spoonfuls. <laughs> and there's three spoonfuls. I said, I'm going to make three spoonfuls, a little almond milk in there. I'm going to put a little almond milk in there. So I had, I, had, I had my little three spoonfuls. I was like, that, that just, no. <laughs> and so then, then I sat there, and long story short, and then so I, finally, I finally figured out what I was going to eat. I went and got, <laughs> got something else to eat. Here's my whole point, y'all. Here's my whole point, y'all. My taste changed. Billy, this is what you're trying to say. Your feelings change. This is what you're trying to say. If you make decisions based off of your feelings and your emotions, it may look right on Sunday, but by Tuesday, once you see it straight, you realize it wasn't right. That's why you can never make a decision in the heat of an emotional moment because it will always be the wrong decision because once you get to calm down and come out of that emotional high, then you can see clearly. That's why the song said, I can see clearly now. Why? Because the rain is gone. What's the rain? Your crazy emotions. When your emotions are gone, you can see right. How many friendships have you, have you we ain't been friends anymore because of an emotional moment. And then three weeks later, I wonder what they're doing. The devil got busy. No, baby. Consider your ways. Okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Number four, you ready for this? How can you trace rebellion? You're sneaky and deceitful. Here it is. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23. If I could add a parenthetical insertion uh, right here. You're sneaky and deceitful, parentheses, with leadership. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Now, of course, there's not going to be a lot of shouting here because the sneaky folk can't reveal who they are. And that's who you can tell who they are. So just look. No, God's trying to show you something right now. Just look, just look at your role. You're going to find out. Just the ones that's, they're sneaky and <laughs> just love. First Samuel 15, 22. Look at this. So Samuel said, has the Lord, okay, now look at me so I can tell you what came up to this first. So here's what happened. God told King Saul, he said, King, I want you to go, and uh, I want you to go and utterly destroy these people, and I want you to kill everything. And uh, Saul gets there, and he decides, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep some of the animals, and I'm going to sacrifice them to the Lord. And so then we get this very famous passage of Scripture that you've probably heard people say and use in all out of context. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So what happens is Saul feels so guilty about what he does, the prophet Samuel had died. He goes to a medium to go bring up Samuel from the dead. So now this is a conversation between King Saul and a dead man. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? In essence, he was saying, why didn't you just do what you were told? You trying to get an offering to cover up for what you should. Just do what you were told. It's real quiet right through here. Behold. This is the familiar part. To obey is better than the sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Look at verse 23. For rebellion makes you a witch. I knew it was going to be real quiet right through here. For rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft. 
Is as means tantamount to, equal to. Rebellion is witchcraft. Which means I wonder where all the brooms at. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being funny. And stubbornness, look at this. Stubborn. I'm not doing that. I don't feel that in my spirit. Have you noticed your spirit ain't felt stuff right for years? <laughs> mm-hmm. And stubbornness is, is a iniquity. Iniquity is generational sin, passed down. He's saying, your mama was like this. Mm-hmm. He, he said, this is in your blood. Mm-hmm. And idolatry. What is that? Putting anything for God. Because, look at this, you have rejected the word of the Lord. What was the word of the Lord? He said, king, go kill everything. Because you didn't do what you were told. Look at this. You can't be king no more. Now look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Okay, watch this cameraman. Put it back. Here it is. Because I need them to see me. Here it is. He says, watch this. Watch this. He said, listen, I still love you, Saul. But the position and the post that you had, your rebellion took it from you. How much when you look over your life, you say, the devil took that, the devil took that, the devil took that. You know, they used to sing songs in the church, I'm going into the enemy's camp to take back. Y'all remember this song? Everything the devil stole from me. Here's my question. What about the stuff you gave him? Now, Bishop, what do you mean? How do, how do you get deceitful and sneaky here? Be- because he, he, he had to break the law to go get a medium. He broke his own law to go consult a medium. He was deceitful. He was sneaky. And God told him what to do, and he decided, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. You, you, you know people that are like this because uh, when you see them uh, on the job, they get in their little corner click. What y'all talking about? Nothing. Well, that show is a lot of talking to be talking about nothing. Real quiet here. Number five, how do you trace rebellion? Now, some of y'all ain't stood up yet. <laughs> so, so, mm. <laughs> Number five, you ready? You ready? Now, some of these are going to sound like they overlap because they do. Uh, you ready for this one? Number five, you don't listen to nobody. Specifically, you don't listen to leadership. Romans 13, 2. Let me define listen. Do what they say. Because somebody said, no, I listen. <laughs> That's true. You, you do. Can I tell you how many times? In, in October is going to be 16 years of vocational ministry for me. And amen. Now, I want to tell you something. In 16 years, I have had, I have counseled literally probably hundreds and hundreds of couples. And... Um, and, and, and all that. And, and, and so you get a tremendous amount of wisdom. You get to learn from the mistakes of other people. See, experience is not the greatest teacher. Somebody else is. If I can figure out how you acted stupid, then I can not act stupid. Because stupid costs. And when you've had enough of being stupid, you say, I don't want to be stupid no more. Anybody ever got to that place in your life and said, God, I'm tired of doing, I'm tired of making stupid decisions. Now, watch this. Watch this. I cannot tell you how many times single people have come to me and said, you know, um, you know, Bishop, what you think? Now they ask. Mm-mm. And it'd be simple stuff that's the reason, like, I don't know, they're not even saved. They don't tithe. If they rob from him, you better keep your purse next to you. Ooh, because you'll have a car in your name and not even know it. I can see. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever.com. Listen. Listen. And, and then they do it. And, and say, okay. Right. And then, you know what they do? Because they, they, they try to prove me wrong. So they'll do whatever they can do to try to make it work. 
They ain't been home in six months, but how's it going? Oh, we're doing great. <laughs> you don't even live with your wife. What you talking about? <laughs> and 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 all that, and then here's and then they go on, and then and then it fails. Because what people don't understand is the scripture says, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. So you're trying to make something put together he ain't put together? <laughs> and no wonder. <laughs> oh, it's going to go down. Whatever put it together is going to take it down. See, so if sex put it together, that'll be what took it down. If money put it together, that'll, they'll run out of it, so that'll put it down. It's real quiet in here. Here it is, the verse, it says, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, I know we live in a culture that says, I can do what I want to do. I don't need leadership. I don't need leadership. But you need to read this Bible. This Bible is a book about leaders and followers. That's what this Bible is about. And God gives you spiritual leadership. God gives you leadership on your job. He gives you leadership in your family. He gives you leadership uh, as a protection and as a covering for you. Do you understand that? To prevent things from happening. And can I tell you, the reason I brought up the 16 years is because in 16 years, I, and, and I wish I could report differently for the sake of the, the lives of the people involved. In 16 years, I have never, ever, and I can say that because that's the facts, Jack. I have never, ever been wrong when I called it like I saw it. Never. Folks have come to meet with me. I said, baby, this is over, and y'all the only two that don't know it. It's real quiet in here. Amen. Now, Bishop, why are you bringing that up? Because, because understand this. Understand this. Uh, rebellion thinks that it knows more than its teacher. So rebellion will even say to God, God, I know you said this, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And the Bible says, whoever resists authority, uh, resists the ordinance of God. I have folk, you know, there are people that sometimes kind of come into church and talk about God gave them the word for the church. And this is how the church needs to be going. And it's interesting because, you know, you know, I said, oh, really? So here's my question. When is he going to give you a word for your life? You got the answers for the church, but you don't seem to have them for your life. Quiet in this church. If you don't listen to leadership, I'm here to tell you, you've been where you're going. So some of you sitting in this message today, this is really good for somebody else. When is he going to be done? When is point number three coming? You've been where you're going. Congratulations. You just paid again to have a trip to somewhere you've been. And especially in this region of Denver, people in Denver, we've we got to break this disorderly, rebellious, out of order thing. Yeah, break that. Quiet in the church. Number six, how do you trace rebellion? Your priorities are out of order. Haggai chapter 1, verse 2, we were already there. It says, thus speaks the Lord of hosts. This people says, the time has not come. Now, I could spend some time right there and say, why, why, why is it you're so insistent on disagreeing with God? Bishop, what do you mean by that? Uh, a couple of months ago, we were declaring unusual, 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 unusual. And some of you went home and said, well, this is great for somebody else, but it's not going to happen for me. He says, this, the time has not come. If the announcement comes from the house that the time has come, then the time has come. If the announcement comes from the house because it's coming from God, if the announcement comes to the house that this is time for X, Y, Z, then guess what it's time for? X, Y, Z. But look at what the people did. The people fought God trying to do something for them. The time hasn't come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Number three. I'll read it to you. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet saying, it is time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, but the temple of God to lie in ruins? He asked us a question. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Look, look at me. When your priorities are out of order, that's rebellion. It's real quiet here. Bishop, what are priorities? Kingdom first, everything else. What are priorities? God first, everything else. If you're handling your business before you handle God's business, your priorities are out of order. 
and that's rebellion. If Excel gets their money before God gets his, your priorities are out of order. You don't have to like what I'm saying. It's the Bible. I don't care if you don't like it. Send him an email. I figured out, though, they don't respond. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, if, if, if everything else always has a priority before church, I got to do this, 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 I got to do this. I'm just telling you, your priorities are out of order. Y'all ain't got to like what I'm saying. I'm your pastor. Amen. Okay, if, if, if everything else gets attention but your spiritual life, oh, me and my girls, we going over here. Me and my boys, we going over here. You ain't read your Bible all week. You ain't listen to a CD all week. Oh, I got to do this for my business. Your business will fail if it's before your God. I'm, let me just tell you that right now. I do this for this. I got to 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 do this for this. I mean, you got a whole little song. Your priorities are out of order. And it's not going to work. Because you know what God says? God says he'll never have anything before him. You know what that means? He won't suffer something to sit in first place but him. Okay? So we got to get our priorities in order. God first, everything else. And I know people, I've heard people say, well, it's God, then it's your this, then it's your this, then it's this. God, you need to go to the bookstore and, and get some, I don't have time to teach that, but you need to know what the Bible says. If everything else comes before God and comes before the kingdom, your priorities are out of order. And based on the scripture, you're in rebellion. Okay? Why is it that you know more about what's going on in your friend's house than you do your own? Because your priorities are out of order. It's quiet in here. Preach, Bishop. Let me take it another further. Why are you trying to discipline everybody else's kids when yours... Your priorities out of order. How are you trying to give marriage counsel? And the most you've been faithful to is the donuts you eat every morning. <laughs> if I liked basketball, that would have been a three right there. I don't, I don't even like it, though. I don't even like it, though. Y'all still here? Should I keep going with some examples or do we get the point? Young people, if you've got good parents in your house, yet you seem to like Jimmy Nim's mama Nim better because Jimmy Nim's mama Nim let them do whatever they want to do, you're out of order. You're out of order. If your dating relationship impedes your spiritual relationship, you are out of order. All right. Let's go on and move. <laughs> now I'm going to shout you real good. Okay, we go. I had, to, I, I had to do all that and get you a little bloody. Now I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better, okay? I'm going to make it better. Number three, so, so the, the third thing, the first point, rebellion is what? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Expensive. The second, rebellion can be traced. Here's the third. Here's the third, all right? The remedy for rebellion is repentance. Now, now here, here's the good news. Here's the good news. Whenever you discover that you're out of order, there's good news. Somebody say there's good news. There's one word, and it also starts with an R, that can get you back in order. Because remember, God is not asking us to be perfect. And that's what we got to get out of our minds. He's not saying you got to do every little thing right. And, and, and don't hear this message as, well, I didn't do every little thing right, so there's no sense in me trying. You ever heard somebody say, well, since I can't do it right, I'm not even going to try. You're crazy. And then they'll try to use scripture. Well, the Bible says, if you can't be, uh, either be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. And since I can't be hot right now, I'm just going to be cold. You're crazy. Put the ball in the drain down. Because Bishop, and then they'll, try to, they'll really try to preach it to me. Because Bishop, the Bible says that the Lord will spew you out of his mouth. So since I can't be in order right now, I'm, just, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to do none of it until I can do it. 
Here's the, here's the first thing. You're playing Russian roulette because you're playing with your life. But here's the second thing you need to understand. When God said, listen, I spew you out of my mouth because, because I wish you to be hot or cold, please understand the inference he's making. What he's saying is, is listen, if, if I got to pick between you being hot and cold, obviously I want you to be hot. But now check this out. Sometimes before you get hot, you got to be warm. You missed what I just said. When I turn on the hot water in my house, uh, uh, it's got an instant thing, you know, where it's supposed to be, you know, and all of a sudden it's hot. Well, it don't work that way because it's got to go through the pipes. So when I turn it on, it starts warm, then it gets hot. Bishop, what are you trying to say? God was not at all saying, if you can't, either you're going to be for me or you're going to be for the world, and if you're going to be for the world, go. What he was saying is, listen, no, you don't need to be for the world. Yes, you need to be for me. But understand that sometimes there's a process that's involved in that, and I'd much rather you be over here than over there. Listen, what are you trying to say? Because some of you, you keep beating yourselves down because you're saying, well, I'm not doing everything right, and I messed up on this, I messed up, I can't go to church this week, ooh, child, I messed up. Listen, that's when you really need to come because you need to get into a hot environment so you can turn your temperature up. Touch somebody and say, turn it up, baby. You need to be around other believers that can encourage you, and you need to be around folk that have made mistakes too so you understand that your mistake is not the end. You don't bench a Kobe. Let me say it because you don't bench a Kobe. You don't bench LeBron. And in the church, we have this mindset, just sit so-and-so down, sit so-and-so down. Yeah, notice when they get sat down, they get more crazy. <laughs> While they sitting, they just getting more and more crazy. Now, certainly there should be respect and honor and rules and regulations. Certainly there should be that. Bishop, what's the point I'm making? Is, is your neighbor's issue is that because they keep making little mistakes, that they turn those little mistakes into greater mistakes because they don't understand that there's a way out of rebellion. Rebellion has a remedy. Are you here? Now, we're going to shout real good right through here. Haggai chapter 1, verse 10. Now, we looked at it. It says this. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew. And the earth withholds its fruit. For I call on a drought on the land and the mountains and on the grain of new wine and oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Now, look at me. Here's the issue with the verse. Now, this is God talking, but look what he said. He said, I'm causing the heavens to withhold and the earth to withhold. Now, somebody said, Bishop, what, what does that mean? Because I, I don't have fruit and berries and vines and trees. What does that mean? It literally means the, the things of your life. Okay? Earth represents your life. Do you understand that? So he's saying, I want your life to bring something forward. So look, he says, he says, I call a drought in the land on the mountains of the grain and, and the new wine and the oil. Uh, wine there represents joy. The joy, the wine also in scripture represents new opportunity. And on the oil, oil represents grace or favor or the anointing, which all that is just a fancy church word for God giving you his super to your natural. Whatever the ground brings forth, ground again is life on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Now, check this out. Check this out. Look at me. Look at me, Harvest. Withhold does not mean he took it. Maybe y'all going to get this breakthrough. I don't know. Here. He didn't say, I took it from you. He said, while you were getting yourself in order, I just withheld. Oh, shut up, shut Which means withhold doesn't mean I lost it. It just means it's not released. Which means everything that I have not seen because of rebellion, I'm making a decree today that in my life, as I get in order, that what's been withheld is going to be released. You didn't hear what I'm saying. God did not take that opportunity from you. He did not take your opportunity to have peace. He did not take your opportunity to be healed. He did not take your opportunity to walk in abundance. He didn't take it. He just had to hold it back for a little bit. That's what neighbor say. He held it back. He held it back. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. He, he said, I'm just withholding it right now. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. On your job. They withhold taxes. And watch this. And every year, you got to go make a petition 
to get back what they withheld. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I got an announcement for somebody today. Today is your spiritual income tax return day because we're getting ready to make a petition to heaven that I know you had to hold it back because rebellion was there. But All right, watch this, watch this, watch this. So, so look at this, look at this. So look at verse 14. Now, I need to show you how to do this, though. I'm going to show you how to file your return. Amen. <laughs> H&R Block is in the house today. He is a righteousness, you understand? Verse 14, so the Lord stirred up the spirit, and that's what I came to do today. I came to stir you up so you consider your ways so that you'd realize that even though you had some jacked up ways, that is not the end. Your story is not going to end that way. Look what it says. He says, uh, Shilatel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jedekaz, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came, look, and they worked on the house of the Lord of their host, their God. What does this verse mean they did, y'all? They what? They repented. What did God say they weren't doing at first? Handling his business. Their priorities were out of order. So what did they do by verse 14? Because they came to church and they got stirred. And that's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to stir you up. I'm trying to stir up your future. I'm trying to stir up your vision. I'm trying to stir up all of the great things God has placed inside of you. And the verse says that they went and they did what they were told to do. Which means they what? They came out of rebellion and they came into repentance and they got themselves in order. Do you see that? Now, 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 someone says, Bishop, so then, so then what happened? Uh, Haggai 2.19. Takes a little time, but, but Haggai 2.19 tells you what happens. Because they finally get in order. Okay? They stop rebelling against God. They get their priorities straight. They, they get stuff the way it needs to be. They weren't perfect, but they were faithful. So when they did make a mistake, rather than run from God and run from who they made the mistake to, you know what they did? They said, I was, I was wrong. You're right. I was wrong. Forgive me. And, and look at the verse. Look, this is God speaking. He said, is that seed still in the barn? <laughs> As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree, look, have not yielded fruit. He was reminding them. He said, listen, because remember, I said it can't yield no fruit. But there's a big old butt right here. God, I wish I had a church in here. I said, there's a big old butt right here. And I like big butts in the Bible. And I cannot lie. Them other preachers can't deny. Because God said, I saw the seed you sowed. And I saw the faithfulness that you sowed. And I saw the right that you did, even when wrong was happening to you. And since you got yourself in order, but from this day, I will bless you. Bless going in. Bless coming out. Blessed in the city. Bless in the field. Bless when I come. Bless when I go. Why? Because I got my butt in order. Bishop, what are you trying to say? If we repent, he's going to release. I said, if we'll repent, he'll release. I need a church in this place today. I said, if we repent, he'll release that thing that's been held up from you for years. What if today could be the day that that prayer that hasn't yet been answered? What if today could be the day? I'm telling you, if you'll repent, God will release Look, 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 repent just means God, I was wrong for that, 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 I was emotional when I did that, I had no business saying that to them, I had no business treating them that way. I had no business walking away from my father. I, I had no business doing that. I had, I had no business doing this. I had no business doing that. I had no business. Doing, I had no business doing that. Lord, Lord, Lord. So, so, so. I admit I was wrong, and I'm gonna get right back in order. And here it is. Here it is. It's not perfection, 
It's faithful. Because guess what? This week, there's going to be a day you feel emotional. And there might be a day this week that in your emotions, you, you kind of get out of order. And then what you got to do once you get out of order is say, all right, enough of that. Get it back together. You're not a failure if you fail. You're only a failure if you choose to stay there. Touch your neighbor and say, I am not a failure. Touch and touch and tell them, I am not a loser. No, 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 no. You know what I am? Put the verse up. I got 219. <laughs> but from this day. You know what I love about this verse? I didn't see this one until this morning. <laughs> he says, but from this day. But from July 7th. Don't be like the people. I'm trying to tell you what God's saying to your house. I'm trying to tell you what he's saying about your children. I'm trying to tell you what he's saying about your finances. I'm trying to tell you about that thing you've been praying for for years and not seeing nothing happen. I'm trying to tell you what he said. Let me tell you something. I'm trying to tell you. But from this day. Bishop, I've been speaking the word that they've been happening because you was out of order. But now that you figured out, you can get yourself in order. Everybody stand. But from this day, everybody stand with me. But from this day, but from this day, but from this day, but from this day. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.